And you know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Generation Wrestling Podcast. It's always yours truly, the 28-year-old piece of gold, the franchise, a.k.a. the showstopper, better known as the G.O.W.'s resident tribal chief. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partner, my brother, my family. He is the flyest in the room, Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K. Breezy, a.k.a. King Sukot in the building. Brother, how you doing? Man, I'm good, man. And as usual, as usual. Such a special day, man. We got a special guest in our house, man. We've been waiting on this one. This is I, I, I'm excited, man. Let, let's not waste no more time. Let's get into it. All right. Well, introducing our guest, she is a five-time WWE Women's Champion, one-time WWE Divas Champion, four-time Knockout Women's Champion, future first ballot Hall of Famer, country music superstar, and current Impact Wrestling, that's right, Wrestling Knockout Champion, hardcore country, Mickey James. Mickey, how you doing? I'm so good. What an intro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. So uh, we want to touch on many different things. I want to talk about your wrestling career, obviously. I also want to talk about your God TV that you guys have going on. I also want to talk about the music. We really want to get to know Mickey as a whole person, not just a wrestler. So with that being said, if you're good, we're good to go. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm good. So the first question I have for you is, as a kid growing up, what did you want to be? Did you know you always wanted to be a wrestler or was wrestling something you just kind of find yourself falling into? Um, a little bit of both. I, I would say, you know how you say when you're a kid, oh, I want to be this. I want to be that. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a horse yes. trainer. I wanted to be a wrestler, um, an actress, all of the things. Mm. Like I just, I think I got uh, really like theater and, and like the acting kind of world. I think that's what wrestling too for me was it blended sports and acting and all these characters together for me, even though then I didn't realize, I thought they were like circus people that you just found. I didn't really know how you got into wrestling, but um, yeah, I I think that then I thought I was going to be a horse trainer. I thought that's what I was going to do because I really loved it. I still really love it. I'm very passionate about horses. And that's what I saw. I rode from when I was like four years old and then started competing when I was about six or seven, all the way up until about 16. Um, and we have, I still have tons of ribbons and stuff that we won. Like, and my grandmother, she bred and, and showed these Morgan horses and it was so fun. It was so fun. And I loved it so much. And, um, yeah. So I think that's what I thought I was going to do. And maybe I still am. I don't know. Uh, I say, <laughs> can't, there's nothing to stop you now. For sure. <laughs> Too cold. Uh, so who are you, you, you weren't sure of it, but as you started to get that feel, what was it about wrestling? Who was it that you, when you saw them, they were like, oh, my God, like this, oh, this is what I want to do. This is the this person. It was something about them, or was it just, you know, what, what was it that, that got you into wrestling? Um, well, I watched wrestling with my dad. Like, that's kind of the okay. thing that my one thing with my sisters oh, and my God. dad. Um, and that's where I really fell in love with wrestling. Uh, I probably fell out of it as I more dove into my horses and studies okay. and school. I, I would still watch it casually, but not as avidly. But I remember Macho Man was the first person, yeah. like the first mm. character that I think that it really resonated with me because he was so much larger than life and colorful and charismatic, but just ridiculous and over the top. And right. Um, I thought he was so cool. I thought he was so cool and sensational Sherry. I thought oh. these were people. I'm like, oh, my God, like, who are these crazy people? And they're, <laughs> you know, it was fun. Um, and then, obviously, I think the Attitude Era was really what brought me back oh, wow. because I was out of high school. I had 
zero direction as to what I was going to do with my life. And I found wrestling all over again and was like, oh my God, I love this so much. And then a buddy of mine suggested the school, um, a wrestling school. Cause the, at the time I was like, I don't even know how you would become a wrestler or do any right, of that. And he right. had his buddy owned a wrestling school outside of DC. And I went up and I checked it out and then the rest is history, you know? So speaking of, when did you realize, when did it click that you could actually make a career out of it? Because, you know, a lot of people, they start off, especially in the early beginnings, you know, working, you know, full time, nine to five, still trying to make the wrestling thing work. When did it click to you? Like, hey, you know what? I really have something with this. Um, As I started to get better and, uh, you know, I, when I first went in, I was like, oh, my whole, as soon as I went in there, my goal immediately was to go to the top. You know, I, I. I felt like that was the end goal. Like you have to get that that's achieving success in the industry. Now I've realized that you can make a very successful career and never make it to WWE or AEW or anything. You can still have a very, very successful career. Um, but then that was from day one, that was the goal to become women's champion. Right. And, you know, cause I was still a wrestling fan. And so mm. I'm going like, that's the end goal. Like I have to be women's champion in order to prove myself. Um, and so the goal was always to get there, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question or no, no, you did. It did. But and, and being a fan right now and seeing the rise, because you know, for a while, for the last twenty years up until recently, WWE was kind of the conglomerate, right? It was kind of that one thing. You I mean you had Impact, you know, for a while, and then you had ECW, WCW coming up. But WWE, once they started buying out everybody. You kind of started right. associating mainstream wrestling strictly with WWE, and then you kind of had like the others, right? So now yeah. seeing Impact on the rise coming back again, um, thanks to people like you and Jordan Grace, and so many more and Moose, and then you have AEW and all these independents, Ring of Honor, New Japan. They're you know on a global NWA. stage, uh, more so now NWA exactly. Not only as a performer, but as a fan of it, how proud are you to see now? Uh, like you said, you don't only have to be in the quote unquote big companies. You can still make it. Right. Well, because I think there's so many different tastes of wrestling. There's like fans who really love hardcore wrestling. There's fans who really love women's wrestling. There's fans who love more of that strong style. So there is a way to kind of satisfy all of those. But obviously, WWE is still the market as far as, you know, wrestling to all audience, the casual fans to the, you know, crazy fans. Um it's it. They, I think they still kind of own the the shareholder on it, but I think what you're yeah. seeing is just like a rise of all different types of fans who want to see an alternative because they have. Before there was so many alternatives, even prior to right. that, from territory days all the way through WCW to you know ECW when they first came out, they got really hot because they were a, a huge alternative to what we were seeing on mm -hmm. mainstream television, you know. And now with AEW and obviously Impact, I was like, don't sleep on Impact. I feel like they've right. always been doing right by the by the ladies, especially. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. oh yeah. And uh, I think we still right now have some of the best wrestlers out there, you know. Oh. And, I'm going to tell you right now, me and him, we talk about this all the time. Almost I don't care definitely. what they say in the media. We're going to tell you to your face. We think Impact has the best women's division by far. And it's not only just currently, but that along with the X division, the smaller guys. We've always felt that's one thing that Impact did that some of the mm -hmm. other companies kind of always looked over or kind of went away from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're always doing it. And now even just with the, uh, you know, the women doing the Ultimate X match recently. 
at Hard to Kill. Oh, like that match yeah. was insane. And I think it took a lot to even get to that place where the women could do that match because it is a dangerous match, you know. Um, but they killed it, obviously. And uh speaking of hard to kill, we were there for the pay-per-view, uh, and we watched that match, but we also watched you and Peraza go at it, and uh, that was I, I love both matches. What was it like for you coming from the transition of WWE back into where you kind of you're kind of more unleashed? You kind of get you, you get to be kind of hardcore country and just and just be Mickey James and not the not the Mickey, not the entertaining Mickey James that we're used to, but the real authentic Mickey James. Like, what was that yeah. for you and, and seeing them and having that match? Oh, so fun. Like, obviously, I had to mentally prep for it. And then the recovery time after that right. was that was real. Uh, but I, she, Dion, probably one of my toughest competitors ever of all time, honestly. And uh, she's really, she's taken me to my limit every time I've been in the ring with her. And that match, um, I was really looking forward to it on a personal level and a professional level to like really kind of show that I can still kick ass on that kind of, because, you know, yeah. um, I think people think, oh, legend Mickey James. And it's just all, because I love to entertain and I'm all about characters right. and entertaining right. promos and all that stuff. But when it comes down to it, I can get the business done too. It's just, it had been a while since I had had that type of match, you know? Um, right. But yeah. Yeah. But I felt it afterwards for a while, for a hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> It, it was definitely understood because, like I said, you guys, you, but you, I'm sorry, you ladies, you definitely brought the house down. It was a great way to end the show, and you know, we were we were standing up, just we were in awe, like we were booing her, we were cheering for you, but and <laughs> at the end of it, we were we were cheering for you know both of you guys because you 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 put on such a great match. Uh, but not to just a transition. Speaking of hardcore country, when did you know you wanted to sing? When did you know that this was something that you really wanted to do? Was it like before wrestling or like in the middle of your coming up in the wrestling career? Um, well, I played the violin for five years. I used okay. to sing and record myself. I wanted to be, that was another thing. When you're a kid, you say yeah. you want to be all these things. And I would record right. myself and I, was, I want to be a singer. And I would record myself and uh, to my A side, B side. And there's a whole story about it. I was like singing right. to Whitney Houston one day and I was devastated because my stepdad was like, please stop singing. He's like trying to watch football or something. <laughs> <laughs> Making crazy anyway. Um, but yeah, I just, it was one of those things that I just kind of sat on. And I also didn't think I was good enough because obviously I'm not a trained professional singer by any means. Mm -hmm. I just write and I sing what I like. And I had taken writing classes in school and uh, I just found myself when I was on the road a lot, just writing and writing and, and writing a lot of melodies and lyrics to songs that were either already on the radio or even just mm -hmm. other melodies in my head. And I kind of, it just went back to that whole thing. I achieved so much success in wrestling you know, and I obviously was living my best life at that time. You know, I'd been women's champion and, and, but I felt like I really needed a separate outlet because I was so, I traveled a lot alone. So I was very alone with my mind and my thoughts and my heart. And so I'm going like, I'm getting all this stuff out. And uh, I was like, I just want to record this stuff because I always thought I always said I wanted to do it. And I didn't think I was going to ever, you know, be good at it or do it. So I just want to do it for me. And uh, out of that, this whole other musical journey kind of came about with, you know, every, like from Connections and my first music producer, Kent Wells, who mm -hmm. plays guitar with Dolly Parton. 
Um, I mean, I met with a bunch of different music producers. Yeah, I met with a bunch of different ones, but he's the one who kind of took on the whole project and said, hey, you know, you got a good collection of songs here. You got a good, you know, out of this, you know, we probably could use three, four of them on album. But I really think, you know, you have such a unique story, unique sound. Like we could just do a full record. Like, let's just do a full record and like really try to connect you with some good writers to like hone in on that craft and write more in what's, you know, more mainstream or what's happening kind of now, but also, you know, define what your sound and what kind of vein you want to go in. And uh, yeah. And now I'm like three albums going on four albums later, like 10 singles. Mm -hmm. And I've done a duet with the Chapel Heart Band, which are CMT's Next Women of Country Mm -hmm. was my last grown ass woman which is the yes, theme song awesome. for power i wrote hardcore country yes. with serge salinas which is obviously my theme song which we all you know which now right, love it love it it's such a great song it's so simple and easy but yet it gets stuck in your head and that's really the what you want about a song is for it to get stuck in your head you know right, well, <laughs> well speaking of a song how does it feel to come out to your own song right not something that somebody else had to make for you but you know, you came up with the song, you know, you had a, right. a hand in the concept and then the crowd is going nuts when they hear, you know, the rift and you come out mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as, a, as a songwriter and as a singer. How does that feel? But two, also being a musician and a professional wrestler, as well as your husband, how do you guys find that work life balance, especially being on the road uh, so much? Well, yeah, that's a double loaded question. Um, that is a balance, a balance of schedules and respects yeah. of times. And he's at the gym. He's actually going to pick up D from school now but he was just at the gym for like two hours or whatever he's gonna go and then we'll switch because i've been going all like it's just it takes a village and now that we're in nashville because my family's still all in in virginia and obviously his family's british so they're across and so he hasn't seen his family in like almost three years now because of oh, wow. pandemic and all. i know we're going back in april but um, okay okay so, yeah <laughs> Okay, uh, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. I know. I know. But it's still been far too long. But um, uh, yeah, 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 it's a balance. It's a balance, and it's 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 difficult sometimes. But we we make it work. Um, but yeah, the you know the music's been fun, and obviously coming out, I think too, because I was able to cultivate this hardcore country character mm. at Impact. But the ability to write my own entrance music, I can feel it when I'm coming out because that is me. Like, it's about this hardcore country character that is, and she's a badass, you know, and she doesn't care. And she's got a, you know, she's sweet, but she also can, you know, can be a little spicy. (laughs) Very spicy. Very, after that, after that pay-per-view match, we saw very spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just okay. I want to bring you back to to your to the early indie days uh, in wrestling. You're you're coming up in, in Impact. You were at the first. I'm uh, not Impact uh, TNA when it was kind of really just. It wasn't really known yet. It was still really underground, but it, it was just coming up. And your journey to WWE. What was that like for you when you got that call to go to OVW and you know an opportunity to be on the big stage. Uh, it was amazing. And I, you know, obviously when I got that call, I was in between, I'd been at 
TNA at the time at right. the fairgrounds. Mm -hmm. I'd been there, you know, pretty heavily involved in the storyline with Raven and right. um, as part of the gathering. And right. I, you know, I was also at this crossroads because I had an opportunity to be able to go to Japan too. And so I was kind of torn, like what I was going to do, whether I was going to sign because Impact was just getting at that place or, or TNA them getting at that place where they were going to start signing talent to longer deals and coming right. out of that month to month, the three month kind of deals to like a year long kind of thing. And I knew, so once I knew I was going to be locked in there for a year, which I was happy and I was having a time of my life. So I've done right. the clockwork orange house of fun match. I've done some really cool things. Um, yes. <laughs> I know. I know. And I'm so grateful for that time. And even Jeff, I've talked to Jeff or, and I remember when I told him that I was going to go to WWE, um, he, he even was happy for me. He's like, if you ever, I always got you. You ever want to come back? I got you. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, it was cool. Yeah. But I think because the end goal was always to be women's champion uh, and WWE women's champion, that was one step closer to my goal. And, and I obviously probably had false expectations because I'm thinking I'm going to go to Louisville for six months. And then, uh -huh. because I was so, I, I was pretty confident in my abilities so that I felt like, especially because women's wrestling, like there were some good rest, women's wrestlers, obviously at WWE of the best of the mm -hmm. best, but right. there wasn't a ton of women's wrestlers on the indie scene at that point. You know, right. there, it was just starting to really butt up where women were training to be wrestlers. Um, so the I felt like the competition wasn't as thick as it is now. Um, but yeah, I was, in, I was there though. I remember like I was there for, I was so excited to move there because it was the first time I'm moving away from my family, like leaving Virginia and going to Louisville. And uh, it was some of the best time of my life. I'll be honest. I mean, I, obviously I got frustrated as we all do and there, right. there for almost three years, but looking back and I just spoke to, because we're getting ready to go back to Louisville for sacrifice, which I'm still waiting to see who my opponent's going to be either Tasha yeah. or Chelsea. And, you know, I'm not picking oh. favorites but I am. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I saw you get, you got your girl in your back. Uh, yeah. Well, I just feel like I've already beaten Tasha. So I, why do I need to, and you did, but, and you, you don't, you did, you done. So don't <laughs> talk, that for, talk champ. for you being okay. So for you being a young women's wrestler at, at, at that time where, like you say, it wasn't really as big as it is now, you didn't have a lot of the veterans that you needed. Uh, who were some of the people that helped you along that way during that transition that, you know, that heart sh helped sharpen those skills that, that got you there? Oh man. I mean, so many people, the, the list goes on. I think, you know, I started that even from the school that I started at and don't get me wrong. It wasn't the best school, um, right. but it got me my foundation and it got my foot right. in the door. And Jimmy Z who, you know, I think I don't, know what he if he's still running or anything but that's where i met i mean sanjay dutt started at that yeah. school mm. kind of pro God, and then yeah. so it's like you just never know because everybody's path is so different but then if i right. talk about like um moving to mcw and danny mcdivitt there taking me under his wings with joey and christian um i mean really that's where the um I relearned and really started making the right connections and just started to realize that I had no idea what I was doing. And I was still green and needed mm -hmm. a lot of work. And I did camps from ECW dojos. I mean, Tommy dreamer from that. He was yeah. at that first ECW dojo. And I think that was in maybe 2000. 
that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's him and Nova. And it's ironic because Nova then crossed my path again and OVW, <laughs> but then also was transitioned into being like my boss at one point at WWE. So it's just fu- so crazy how small of a world wrestling can be. Um, but, you know, I then did a Ricky Morton, Bobby Eaton camp. And Ricky Morton was one of those people because I'm from Virginia and he's from that same area. So I would see him a lot on the independent scene. And he, I would always pull him aside to watch my matches and stuff like that. And he was always so sweet. But honestly, I always felt like if I, when there was somebody who was, I knew was better than me or had, mm-hmm. especially if it was a legend or someone who'd made money in the business, cause that was, you know, or, or been there or been where I wanted to go. If they were there and I could get them to watch my match, I would ask them, you know, I would always ask them to watch it. And uh, I probably annoyed a lot of people, but I also got some really great feedback from a lot of people. And I think that humility and that correct, like being okay with that corrective criticism. And uh, because I knew I wasn't great and I wanted to be great. And I knew to be a champion one day, I had to be great and I had to be better than everybody else, you know? So um, I felt like I really tried to use every tool. And then by the time I got to, OVW and then obviously I was at Ring of Honor and when I was at Ring of Honor Samoa Joe was there um AJ Styles was there was doing the stuff with AJ Styles and Red Amazing Red and doing all that stuff and um, when Sumi Sakai first came over and we were really some of the first girls to have wrestling matches on TV and then to do the stuff then get pulled over and go to TNA and do all that stuff there and some first ever stuff you know um yeah, it's been crazy. And that I had to, I got to le- learn under Raven. You know, he saw me at Ring of Honor when he was working there with Punk and he's like, "Hey, would you be interested in being in this? We're going to redo like the the flock, but call it like the gathering or something and I need a girl." And I had never done a gothic type of look or character or anything. I didn't, you know, I'm from the country. I didn't <laughs> you know what goth is. Like what is goth? <laughs> like what is this hot topic and bought all the stuff? You know, (laughs) it went, it was, yeah, but he's so, because he was so analytical and and meticulous on a lot of things. So it's cool to get different people's perspective and you have to kind of take in what works for you out of that. It's not that it's wrong. It's just, it may not particularly work for you, but I can see why it makes sense for that, for them and their journey. You know what I mean? Right, Right. So. That's still never ending. I feel like I'm still learning all the time. Even right. in my last match, uh, you know, in that match with Deanna, I felt like I was still learning in that process of learning. Because if you're not learning, you're not growing, period. And it's still the because the business is ever evolving and you have to find ways to still tap into that audience, which is ever evolving and, and capture them in modern well, times. You, you you said something earlier about being green and, and not being afraid to ask. And the one thing I want to ask you is, you know, nowadays with you being somebody who came up from the bottom and now you're literally, you know, one of the icons of professional wrestling, not just women's wrestling, but just wrestling in general. Do you think now that uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Too cold, too cold. Now we were talking about, you know, is the paying your dues is it still as instilled or as enforced as it once was because now you have social media right Right. so now you don't have to worry about your peers telling you you're great you can do a couple moves and the people see a couple matches online you got a couple fans and it's like all right well and then you're coming in you think you're smelling yourself a little bit do you think 
that's an issue now moving forward? Or do you think is this a part of the times? Um, it is a part of the times. I do think it's it it's kind of like a yes on almost all the boxes, right? Because I do think um, but then also social media can be very cruel. So it can also give yes. an unrealistic assessment of your body of work based off of a fan's taste, you know, mm-hmm, and yes. there's a difference in getting the perspective of a professional and a veteran or someone who knows versus a fan who's just, you know, going from their mind because they're a fan of one person, you know what I mean? And they just, right, you know, right. and all of Close-minded. these other factors. And um, so, yeah, it's, it obviously gives, I think it gives the talent a lot better platform to promote themselves and to build their fan base and hmm. to obviously make a living at, at wrestling without making it to the big dance. But I also think that, um, you know, I, I do think wrestling, you need a little bit of ego. I think a, mm-hmm. a healthy ego, I should say, because yes. you need that confidence and, you know, mindset for, for me. And I think for everyone, mindset is such a huge factor and you have to believe yourself there in order to get there so if you don't think yourself worthy then that's the biggest that's you're going to be your biggest hurdle from the get start so you kind of need a healthy ego to say that i am deserving of this i deserve to be champ i need to be champ and how do i need to get there and you hopefully you're humble enough and, and accountable enough to know that if you're not there yet it's because you're not ready and how do you get ready yeah. and who's going to help you get there and find that guidance and that person that can guide you there you said ego. I, I want to ask you, what was it for you when you got the call that you're coming to the main roster and you're going to be in a feud with Trish Stratus? What was running through your mind? What was like, what was the com- and what was the conversation on your character as far as how you were coming in, uh, you know, back then, if you remember? Uh, I was pretty aware of the character because it was a character that I kind of came up with and written out, you know? Okay, and- okay kind of meet up in my own mind. So I knew the character, but I'd also never worked with Trish and I really didn't. I'd met her a handful of times when I was there for tryouts or as when they would come through town with OBW, you'd go to Cincinnati, Dayton or the different areas that were in that kind of Kentuckiana area um, to be seen. And uh, so, and she was always nice and polite, but I just, I didn't know her. Um, So I was over the moon, but I also, I probably had the same kind of energy that I had going back for the rumble this year is like, I didn't want to put the cart before the horse. I didn't want to celebrate until it was time until it actually happened because mind you, that was probably the fifth time I was supposed to debut. And other times I had like called my mom and my dad and said, Hey, make sure you're watching raw. Oh my God, I'm coming, I'm debuting tonight. And they'd sat there and watched the whole show and I never debuted right. or whatever oh. the case may be. It's totally, it happens, you know, but it's just, you get that false sense of like excitement and then you feel really disappointed. And I just, it made me feel so like, I remember like leaving going like, oh, like really down on yourself that I go like, I'm not celebrating until it's time to celebrate. I'm really excited about the possibility of this, but we'll see right. what happens because you just learn, right? Um, so... I didn't have that immense excitement until after okay. I back through the curtain or you can kind of, especially my debut because I'm on the ramp and then there's like, okay, then you react, but react as right. this yeah. character, but there isn't a genuine sense of true excitement 
in that character because I am truly celebrating like, oh my God, it really happened this time. Like this is it, because it's live on television. We can't undo it. This is awesome, you know? No, you, I, I thought you sold that 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 fan character I, I thought you sold that great like just being that super duper fan of her and you 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 were just like oh my god i got this is my opportunity to meet her i, I gotta go meet her i gotta go meet her and and yeah. you do that so I, that paid off very well and just Thank everything that happened after that uh so yeah. I, I thought that was awesome well i think we've all and and my experience and i hadn't even experienced it to the level it's ironic because i now i have had those experiences with super right. duper yeah. excited fans and the crime like all the things and i'm so and i feel like i gravitate a lot to a lot of fans that are very excited like that because they can relate to me because i was that super fan but i was a fan right. of wrestling um anyway but it was just that so fun to be able to do and it was relatable because i think we see it awesome. a lot in wrestling and, and music or, you know, when you're a super fan, you're a super fan of one thing. And it's just like, it was right. fun. It was fun to play with the different layers of her, you know, which so is still speaking a lot to me, by the way. Real, real quick. Okay. So you're, you're one of the new faces coming into wrestling. Uh, you made your mark. Uh, what was the scene kind of like for the women's wrestlers then? Uh, you know, someone that you, you being there, like what was there, at least that that effort that we want to push you guys more or was it still kind of the we want to put you out there but we we still kind of keep you in this managerial kind of sideline role um no because when i think about when i first came in i mean the competition was pretty stiff you had jacqueline right. you had yeah. uh molly jazz there was victoria there molly holly was there trish was there lita was there it was the tail end ivory was still kind of there and then there was the peppered end of there was the candace michelle and the tori wilson and the uh you know stacy keebler i don't think by the time i debuted she was gone she wasn't there anymore but uh certainly a strong female roster you know uh i felt like it was because i felt like oh the competition because these are the in my mind these are the best women in the world. And I really right. look at all of them. Um, but wrestling, you know, again, less women were training to be wrestlers. So I felt like they right. really yeah. did have the best women's wrestlers in the world hired. Um, it's kind of crazy to think now because now there's so many women training to be wrestlers and there are a million badasses out there. Oh, well, I want to just like I want to. They're all coming to my championship, but they ain't getting it. <laughs> no, okay, no, you know, not at all. See, I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to say anything. But is that the championship I see right there behind? That is. You? I'm trying to make sure it's in the frame, but I'm. I'm no, I no. keep getting switched up on which side it's on. There it is. No, no, we got it. We it. see. I like it. I like it. Got to show it up some love. Well, you know. Oh, most definitely. There, there we go. Is. Well, speaking of speaking yeah. of women's wrestling, because me and him once again, this is something that we also debate. We feel like a lot of times the women's matches are some of the best matches on the card. And now you're starting to see more and more women's matches getting added to cards, main events, pay-per-views, things right. of that nature. But I want to kind of switch it up a little bit. You and your time with Billy Corgan and, you know, NWA and the whole Empower pay-per-view event. How did that come about? And how did you become, you know, the one that kind of really spearheaded? Um, You know, I think Billy, I love Billy to death. I've known him for 20 years. I met him back in the asylum days, you know, when he was there way before at TNA. Uh, And 
I feel like he was obviously my husband's heavily involved in the NWA. He has been, yeah. he's been, you know, longest reigning NWA champion of the modern era. Um, yes, yes. And I think that, so obviously Billy would come to the house and indirectly, like, because I've watched the growth of NWA this whole time, kind of behind the scenes, or even just at my dining room table, you know, kind of hanging out while I was back still in the road with WWE. It was actually a really cool balance because I could see the growth and see all this work happening. Um, and I was having fun and having a great time at WWE. So it was kind of a cool best of both worlds for me. But I feel like also Billy knew a lot of my frustrations in the sense of like me, I, I really wanted to do something or help to build or develop something within the company, even just a, an all-female kind of show, whether it was a evolution two or like a spinoff or just like a, a series. Cause we've done like the May young classic and all these things that kind of fold into, you know, something that could be cool. That was specifically for uh, the girls and the girl, a place for the girls to kind of wrestle and, and shine because there wasn't as much time on even all the brands between NXT SmackDown and, you know, raw and all the things. So um I think he saw that and I just kind of went to him with it. Like, well, after I left WWE and I was like, well, this is kind of, if this is there's anything, cause I really hadn't, didn't have like wrestling wrestling on my mind in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, this is the thing I really want to focus on. I want to really try to build this and see, cause maybe I'm wrong. Maybe women's wrestling doesn't make money or maybe it isn't going to be successful and everybody's right. But I was like, I won't know until we try. So, and Billy's like, well, then let's just try. Let's see what it does. Let's see what happens. And he's like, and he pretty much, and it was beautiful because it partnered with NWA 73. And I think the, the whole nostalgia of it all, like being the first ever and to open the night, you know, to open the weekend of the anniversary show, but to be back yeah. at the park plaza where wrestling hadn't been in there in 30 some years, you know, and, uh, you know, you think about the first time I think a female ever even main evented a show, it was uh, Mildred Burke back in like the. 40s or something i don't right, know right, right. so it you never yeah so it's it was kind of historic and it was really cool because it was for the first time i felt um for the women especially you saw all the companies come together and to really like lift up and promote their women and the and the talent on that talent um on their show so it was cool and it was a great night for wrestling you know and and i think every person and myself included felt very honored and uh excited for the future for you know all the things to come for women's wrestling and just for wrestling as a whole and so i'm hoping we get to do it again that would be fun we'll see we're doing doing it again um how does it feel you got yourself you got gail kim who's been doing her thing on the impact side you got maria canellis who's really been you know doing her thing on the ring of honor side how does it feel knowing all three of you women at one point were in wwe and then they kind of see the evolution wow. of the revolution there and now you guys at one point in time the three different companies have made your mark with the women and the evolution of the women's wrestler how does that make you feel now knowing that people are clamoring and begging for more women's wrestling Oh, it's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, and it's incredible to see how much the business has grown to have women spearheading, uh, you know, projects like this and divisions and the women's division, because now you look at it. And so the women that you're seeing headlining and mainstreaming, these are women who are going to be leading the locker rooms 10, 20 years from now. So that's, it's kind of crazy because it's just going to continue because the, 
the matches and the and the um, opportunities that we're getting now are so much like I remember when Lita and Trish main evented Raw. It was such a huge thing because it never happened. And for me, I go like, oh, that means that's one step closer is to being seen as equals, you know, in the mm-hmm. sense of that we're capable of main like main eventing the show. That's a huge, huge thing. And for me, that was the first time I ever saw it happen. And and I think that all of us have wanted to be eventually seen on an equal platform, like from bookings to pay to merchandise to all the things. And you're seeing all these things now come to fruition. And it's awesome because it's like, uh, I felt like we always work as hard as the guys were on the road as much as the guys were in the gym, as much as the guys were probably were at the salon more than the guys were shopping way more than the guys. Let's face it. You gotta, you gotta get You gotta make sure you got everything. You gotta have everything. You can't not show right. up with nothing. That's why you gotta be champ so you can get that extra zero or two, you know? <laughs> most, definitely, most, definitely. most definitely. Uh, okay. So, championships you win your first championship against trish at wrestlemania what's going through your mind oh overload it was a complete overload i was so um wrapped up i think just in the match and in the moment and all the things of the story leading to it and i was so invested in uh that character that i just kind of was like i just lost myself in the moment because it was like a once in a lifetime kind of experience and i always say if i could just like bottle up that emotion and just sip off of it all the time like i'd i'd be untouchable you know sell it i would be a gazillionaire i'd have my own island already you know crazy compare compare that i'm sorry go ahead no, I feel like it's just that moment of all the things coming true and all the all the sacrifices of like, you know, from the, you know, hurt shoulders and the busted noses and the sleeping right. in my car and, you know, all the things to get to this moment of this is what it was all for was to become women's champion. And I not only mm-hmm. did I become the women's champion, but I, I did it at WrestleMania, which is the goal goal. Yeah. You know, like what it just and we're stealing the show because this crowd is insane. They were yeah. insane and I expected uh, them to be. Yeah. And I think it really showed uh, from every side what how powerful it could be when you really take the time to invest in a women's storyline. And kind of it was like a really, really because they were insane and it was electric. And I just remember just taking it all in because I was like this. Right. It never happened again, and this was what it was all about. So let's do this, you know. Awesome. awesome. Go ahead, franchise. Yeah. All right. So you talk about you know winning your first championship. Now let's talk about winning uh, your most recent uh, against Deanna Peraza. So when you first came back to Impact, was you coming back and eventually becoming champion? Was that something that you had already discussed, or was it something that was like, hey, you know what? You're back. Let's capitalize on it. You just came back from WWE. Like, what what was the thought behind that in your current reign? Because you're arguably doing some of the best work even still now oh, uh, with Impact now. Thank you. Well, you're only as good as your dance partner, I suppose. So, and, and oh, that's definitely. just it. The Knockouts roster is one of the strongest right now going. And, and I will stand beside that. Like, we have some incredible women in that locker room. Um, but I think the story with Deanna obviously coming out of Empower – 
And it's two different types of wrestlers, two different mindsets and attitudes of like this new generation versus the old generation, I suppose. But also she's such like legitimately one of the best wrestlers. It's not just technical wrestlers, but wrestlers I've ever been in the ring with. Like she's so good. And um, obviously as much as we hate each other, we obviously have good chemistry (laughs) in there because it's, it just, it felt right. And I think if I'm going to come in and, uh, I'm, I'm obviously always shooting for gold. I think if you're anywhere and you're not trying to be the champion, I don't know what you're doing because that's that's what it's all about at the end of the day. If you got if you don't want to stand on the top of the mountain, why are you gonna? I don't know why you want to be over here in the valley just hanging out. I don't. But that's just me. I got another. I got another one. I, I want to ask you, and, and this one, I I know you spoke about it a little bit before, but I want to get like you know full honest opinion. What are your thoughts on ageism in sports, especially when it comes to professional wrestling, when it comes to the women competitors? Because once again, like I said, you know, you have people like you, you have Mercedes Martinez, Lita just came back, put on a kick-ass match against Becky Lynch, right? It's going to show, you know, if a guy can wrestle at 65, you know, what's the issue with letting women come back and do their thing? Do you think letting the women continue to wrestle as long as they want to will be, is becoming more acceptable or do you still feel like there's that stigma? Um, uh, I think it it varies. I think it's varies. And I think when we, because up until recently, like it was part of the conversation, women's age was a part of the conversation and, and like talking points where as it's become less acceptable because women, and this is goes way back because I think that when I first even debuted on television, they, you know, the average time for a female to be a television wrestling star was like five years on TV was the average wow. career span. So even when I debuted, it's just like, make your money while you can have, wow. you're going to have about five, seven year run tops. And so make as much as you can. And then women, the women usually retire and go have babies or whatever. So it's only become I think a part of the culture where women will come back after having kids or women would still be, it was a rarity. A woman was still involved in the business after 30, 35, you know, cause it was, right. they were moving on to a different part of their lives. And um, now I think that perception is definitely changing. And there's women who are in their forties in the locker room. I think, especially since the argument has been made enough that the men are you know, forties and fifties and getting championships and all of the things. And um, there's so many talented that I think those eyes have been open to a bit more about like the importance of the history of the women's division and how much that meant to a lot of fans, especially, you know, who were coming up in that era that these women were in, you know, stars as as far as like myself or, you know, the Trishes and the leaders of the world. I mean, those, they made such we, Lita, Trish, like they all of us yeah. would have made an impact on what you're seeing on television today. And like all, a lot of the girls and guys who you're seeing in the locker rooms now were of these, these generations before. And that's what inspired them to get into wrestling. You know, Absolutely. Uh, I think a more, a lot more of that is opening up and that's why you're seeing a lot more women be able to move into those power positions and stuff like that. Um, but also you're seeing a lot, more women come back and do different things like Beth and Edge 
and yeah. Miz and Maurice who killed it. Like I thought that was such a great match, but you're seeing that partnership with Lita coming back and she freaking killed it. I love her so much. And uh, I think the fact that when people were like, Oh, they were shocked at her performance. Well, I wasn't because I know what she expects from herself and she wouldn't right. do it unless she was going to over deliver because um, it it was always a stigma, you know, and and I hope that that is changing. I, I feel like it is, as long as we speaking, keep kicking that change. Yeah. Speaking yes, of man. changes, uh, speaking of changes, Impact is doing something that you don't really see in too many uh, big name companies. Jordan Grace was the digital champion. She had a match with Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona beat her. Mm-hmm. Now that you guys are are incorporating women versus men. What is that like to see that for you as someone who's you've been in this business, you've seen a lot to now see women actually fighting men in matches and holding her own, holding her own. Well, she's a badass. And if you've seen how much weight she lifts, I feel like she's up like this. Yeah. Right. Big mommy pump. So what is that? You know, what, what, what is that in your mind? Like when you see that, what are you thinking? And if there was, or if there is now, is there somebody, a man, that you would have liked to got in the ring with if you felt you could? If, um, if that was something, I don't think you thought about it, but just to ask. No, I guess not. I haven't really thought about it. Um, maybe Shawn Michaels, just because, mm. you know. Okay. I, that's not um, a bad I, choice. That's such a, I don't, I have, you know, obviously it makes sense, Jordan, and that I, I think that I obviously have, uh, a different perspective because I'm a smaller woman too. So it's right. like hard to think about like, okay, it's just the right story of how you tell that story. Um, but I also understand the, the fans who really love that. There's a lot of things like hardcore wrestling. I, I str- even though I was just in that Texas death match, I struggle right. to watch hardcore yeah. matches. I really do. Cause mm. I'm like, Oh, like one. eye just kind of. <laughs> um, so but at the same time, I think it's really, really cool. And when it's somebody like Jordan, that's really with her and Matt, but she's so strong. And I think that it's hard because it's like you put her in, it's a cool thing to do with her too, as that digital media champion and the first ever one, but to do with that, with her, with Matt, because in the women's division right now, um, that means that she would probably be coming after me. So I'm okay with it mm. at the moment. She could just keep kicking his ass because I like to see that. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, he talks a lot of smack, so she can just keep kicking his ass for as much as long as she's not coming after me. Because that's another mm-hmm. one that I'm gonna have to mentally and physically prep for. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's gonna be a battle right there. You might have to pull yeah. all the tricks out the bag from underneath the ring, from out the crowd. Yeah, you're definitely gonna have <laughs> to uh, bring be on your on top of everything on that one. I'm gonna be on my toes, Most all on the tips of them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, speaking of kicking ass, I, w- I want to talk a little bit about your, uh, your podcast, God TV, right? Uh, first of all, I will admit, I watch. Yay, <laughs> what- <thank you. laughs> I do, I do, I do. So, what was the thought behind that? Because I know with the pandemic, obviously, we we had this podcast before the pandemic, and then when the pandemic hit, it kind of really accelerated, you know, the need for content. Right. And then you start seeing, you know, athletes and, you know, people of higher statuses, you know, starting to do the same thing. What was it for you? What made you be like, you know what, let's get two of my other best girlfriends and let's yeah. go out here and really talk about the business, but from a, 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 a insider's point of view? Yeah, well, I think that it was a, we had all talked about doing a show like this, um, 
anyway and kind of separately and uh we were bored i was home injured my acl injury so i literally could go to my rehab for my knee and do the to-dos but i had a brace on my knee and i was in crutches for some of it and uh we were just bored and we're like hey let's just start it i mean what else what i mean it'll if, if it fails or if it doesn't do anything, well, we can just sit on it and start it again later or whatever, but let's not, why not? It'll be fun and just see if it does well. Um, and it did, it does really good. Like everybody loves, and it's so fun because I think it does, like you said, give a different perspective of the wrestling business. And it's not just wrestling. Obviously we talk all kinds of, we just had Carol Bassett yeah. on, you know, the, from the Tiger King. <laughs> yeah. We have some random, we've had Ginger Minj on from um, Drag Race and musicians and actors and Kato Kalins was on there. Like yeah. we've had all kinds of crazy people on there. Um, but it's just fun. I think it's more of like when we're on the road and we travel and then when we get to the city, uh, just that decompressing hour of when we're just oh. like chilling. Okay, we're settled in the hotel. It's, you know, midnight. Let's have a glass of wine and just decompress it's that conversation wrestling's you maybe in your pjs i don't know <laughs> when i do it uh, that sounds cool uh yeah so for for you uh for where so for where you're at now and you know wrestling in your music career uh just it, what what's the next thing that Mickey James wants to do? What is that? You like I said, you 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 dominated wrestling. You're doing your thing in music. Uh, you want to be a horse trainer. Uh, what <laughs> else? <laughs> uh, what else is that next step that you, once you either stop wrestling? I, I can't see you stop doing music. I, I, you could do that forever. But that you know, forever. maybe when you I'll always be a part of wrestling, I think forever in some capacity. But to be real, like I just want to mm -hmm. be able to. Uh, provide a life, an awesome life for my son to where he can grow up and be happy and successful and, uh, you know, for him to be proud of me in a sense, but also to be, uh, you know, to be able to give back to the business in some capacity. But honestly, I, I just, I don't know what that looks like. Cause I just, I love wrestling. I think I'm going to keep trying to do my part to contribute to it and to do something. I mean, I'm going to be champ forever, so there is that. Uh, and um, I don't know. I, got, I do got long-term goals. Like, obviously, I'm just kind of like, I got so much going on. Obviously, I want God to take off and keep being awesome, you yes. know? I have a new Not single a coming out soon. Uh, awesome. It's coming out in April. It's called Pissed. So I've been working on that whole album all through the pandemic, just songs that I've wrote. Oh, I like that name. I like that day. I, I, but I was going to ask you, uh, when when are you coming out with a new album or your next single? But that's awesome. Yeah. I like that name. Yeah. Well, I've just been dropping single after single after single because I go like nobody really downloads full albums. They don't. That's true. You know, that, they that's, do, true. That, that's true. So I'm like, well, if I do most and then put out collectively like a larger album with all these singles that are because it's all stuff that I wrote. So. Right. And then. Yeah. And I wanted okay. to do a vinyl record. But did you know that vinyl take is like a year lead on it, so you need really? to have all. Yeah. Wow. I was blown away. Yeah. Like yeah. almost huh. a year. Yeah. I don't know. Pandemic. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> a lot has changed. The pandemic changed a lot. But I, I want to ask you that. Uh, during the pandemic, we we got to watch something that we never got to see before, and that was 
wrestling with no fans. I know. What was that like for you? Uh, well, I guess, uh, I guess, fortunately, unfortunately, I was injured for the most well, part. Of it. Right. So by the time I came back, um, it was only like maybe a month, I think, that it was with no fans that I wrestled. I don't, you know, okay. I, they had just started really letting fans back in. Um, okay. And it was just limited, but it was better than just the screams everywhere. But I remember being right, there because I was right. commentating at the at the time and it was definitely different. And I think wrestling in there, we as performers feed off of the energy of the crowd. And how do you know right. if what you're doing is working or not working with piped in sound and reaction delayed reactions from the audience in the monitors you know they were as up to date as they could be but you would see delays and lags and stuff and uh i just felt like it gave this false sense of it was hard to like judge whether what you were doing was working with the audience or not and then the only feedback that you're getting is on social media which is such a small percentage yeah, of the right. audience which isn't even the reality of what the entire because it's just the those are the most the biggest fans, which are the most vocal. Right. So you're hearing all their stuff, but you're not hearing what the casual fans, what the moms that are just bringing their kid to the show or whatever, right. what they're thinking of the show. So I felt like it was, you know, it's just really, really, it was been a balance for everyone to kind of juggle it all through, through it. And I think uh, collectively we're all grateful to be able to go back on the road and perform in front of the fans because of this thing that it just adds a whole different energy to the show and to our performances out there. Cause we need it. I think we need it. Awesome. Well, Mickey, we're not going to keep you too, too much longer. We want to be respectful every time, but we got a couple last uh, minute questions for you. Uh, one of the things I want to ask, you know, one of the things I want to ask you is this, you know, wrestling, you know, through the divas era and a little bit before and to now, how has the business not, I'm not going to say it's just for the women, just in general, how has the business changed as far as, you know, storylines or things you were able to kind of get away with back then that you can't now? Does it really affect your creativity when you're pitching ideas or is that something you really never had an issue with? Um, I don't know that it affects my creativity because obviously, but there's obviously the biggest change is that it's like not as I guess crass would be the word that you would use, whereas a lot you could get away with like more vulgar humor and sex cells. And obviously because it was right. targeted to a much older demographic as well. Um, but right. now you can't with sponsorships and all these things, you can't get away with a lot of the sex cells kind of thing. But I just think too, that the audience, uh, especially mainstream audience has steered away from even really wanting to see that they're like, if I want to see that, I'll go watch something else kind of thing. Um, right. So I don't know. Uh, I, creatively. No, I don't think it's affected me personally. And like how you deliver uh, stuff. It's just that it, it obviously is different. It's a much more uh, what's socially acceptable and cancel. You don't want to get canceled over. There's all these things that yeah. even though it's entertainment yeah. and, uh, like I always equate wrestling to the same as if you're watching it as a TV show or a movie of like, right. these are characters playing these people. These are not these real people, but these are characters playing tele characters, you know? And I hate, I hate because if you're an avid wrestling fan or my fandom, I would go like that sucks because 
I'm a fan of this character and this is real life for me. But at the same time with cancer, right. <laughs> these other things, you have to be so careful. You're like, no, they're actors though. They're, they're athletic actors playing these characters. It's not how they really think or feel. Hopefully, hopefully. In right, real right, life. Right. We hope, um, right. but yeah, so it's it's a kind of touch and go because there is that realism in wrestling where things that, you know, it's much more, um, you have to be cognizant of that too. Uh, last question for me. Um, the Forbidden Door has been opened widely thanks to uh, AEW. I, you know, Impact was doing things with Ring of Honor, but we, we talked about this, uh, me and my franchise, where they were doing it, but it wasn't on a large scale. It was people weren't getting it wasn't getting the notoriety when it when it was right. when it was going on. But when AEW started doing it with NWA, they introduced Thunder Rosa, and then you started seeing Impact uh, coming in, and they were partnering with them. Mm-hmm. For you to be the Impact Knockouts Champion, and for you to be able to enter the 2021 Women's Royal Rumble, the WWE, and for them to acknowledge it, like right. for us wrestling fans. That's kicking down the forbidden door. The, the, the one door no one else wants to be able to kick down. You being the person that you are, uh, being able to represent another company with, their, with, with the championship in WWE. Like, what was that for you, just to be able well, to do that? It was a perfect bow, I think. It was the perfect bow and uh, to my WWE career, because I think that people remembered the latter and uh i felt which is a shame because they're missing out on so much we had done so like i'd done you know so much and i was very proud of my wwe career and the women that i work with and all these things and i felt like this one thing which i don't regret doing the like it was overshadowing my whole career there and all these women Mm. that i worked there and all the history that we've got to make together and these memories and stuff and it just kind of was like ah and i don't i didn't like that feeling of unfinished business or un you know i just it didn't feel, it didn't sit right with me. And I felt like it was the right. perfect opportunity to kind of forgiveness is a powerful thing on all ends. You know, I think forgiveness right. and just kind of getting that respect that I deserved. I felt like it, it in a very professional way. Like it just, mm-hmm. it was awesome. And to have, to be able to do hardcore country and present that to yeah. a, to the WWE audience for the first time, it was amazing to be able to have the knockouts women's, the, the knockouts world championship acknowledged on television and represented and to be able to showcase that at Royal Rumble and do this kind of first ever, at least first ever yeah. in the modern era of since Dan Severn and like Jeff wow. Jarrett, like since, was that 20 years ago, but up to date to do it. And obviously like, it is cool. It is cool that, you know, AEW was doing it, that NWA was doing it with uh, Thunder Rosa and with all these ring of honor and uh, NWA was working with ring of honor and impact doing all the things and impacted the deal with uh, WWE way back for when flair went into the hall of fame and he was still impact at the time, you know, and then over. So I think it's amazing, but I, I think it's cool that this conversation has even came up to then had made this a possibility for myself to be able to do it and to now um, to be able to have that moment and to be able to do it for myself and for women's wrestling and for the knockouts and the just everything, my legacy, but also to open up the possibility for everyone, for men and women of all these dream matches that you thought, oh, it'd be really cool, but that'll never happen. I mean, everyone said, oh, this will never, that she'll never be 
they'll never play hardcore country. She'll never be able to wear the championship. They're not going to acknowledge impact, all the things. And it was like, check, 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 check. So you you can't say never, never say never, ever. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Now, what I was last, what I last was going to say is, well, you know, I, I, I appreciate you, you know, taking your time out with us today, but uh, I just want to say, I think you got room for two more championships. So uh, if you and uh, Peraza decide that y'all know y'all want to do a little something, a little winner take all, no, I definitely no. wouldn't be mad at it. Uh, <laughs> so just just want to put that out there for you, you know, since you, you plan on being champ for a very long time. Uh, I, do. I, I think there's a couple of the titles you can grow grab. So, yeah, I just I think about all the places to hold them, you know, because I really like to wear it around my waist. And this one's quite large, so it takes up a, a big but I do have two shoulders and two thighs. Hey, we need a fee- we need I a female could. belt collector. So we there we need you to do that. In everyone's future, a match with with the champ. But I thought that Deanna, I thought until I saw her post today, um, that we had a mutual understanding that after I beat her last time, that mm-hmm. I would let her. She can keep her championships, and I'll keep mine, and don't come knocking at my door unless she wants to lose her too. So. Oh, that was that felt like the understanding. However, you know, things change sometimes. And I will be looking forward to it. (laughs) Before we wrap up, I just have two last things. I'm going to start with this one first. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we find the music? Please feel free to shamelessly plug. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet. Um, If you go to MickeyJames.com, you can find everything. Uh, I am at MickeyJames on Twitter, at the MickeyJames on Instagram. Um, at Mickey L. James on Facebook, and I don't know what the other things are, Mickey, Mickey TV <laughs> or something on YouTube. I don't know. Uh, but you can find it all on my website. You can obviously find God TV on YouTube. Um, it's a hashtag, so if you pipe it in, you can see all the stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty, look for the check mark. That helps. It's a little blue check. Oh, yeah, most blue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If it's not coming it's- from there, it's not me. Except for YouTube is not verified because I just I'm not there yet. And then the last thing, the last thing, you know, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. So I'm going to shoot my shot. Mickey James, the forever champion. I'm going to ask you on the spot to cut a promo putting over the oh, GOW Generation of Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Man, I thought you was about to say something else, bro. I'm like, oh, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, Nick, not about to come with my ass. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just want an audio tag. Gentlemen, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, this is your forever knockouts world champion and hardcore country. And you are listening to the GOW podcast because, you know, we always like to do it with a little hardcore country. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for tuning in to our 500th, 500th episode. 500, like 500. See, man, you're getting all flustered now, man. You can't get flustered now, man. It's the end of the show. You can't get flustered now, man. We Come on, brother. 500. 500, our 500th episode. I am the 28-year-old piece of gold. He's too cold, and she is your forever champion, hardcore country, Mickey James. Until next time, we'll see you when we see you.